Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Today I'm joined by a great panel to discuss the overall topic of the importance of having a top diverse workforce. Now diversity is something that I'm really passionate about. I know the the podcast series that we run tends to be very very popular um, and I know the three members joining me have got some really good topics to dive into. But before we do that, um, we're going to just go for a little bit of context into each person that we have here. So we'll go across the room and do some introductions. Now, I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also what your main passion is. And that can be in work, outside of work, whatever you fancy. Um, so Anthony, we'll come to you first. Sure. Yep. So, yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate being part of the podcast here. So and excited to talk about yeah, the um, topic of diversity. So my name is Anthony Costanzo. I am originally from the U.S., um, but I'm also yeah, a Swedish partner, and so I actually became a Swedish citizen as well. Um, I am a, the manager for uh, for Scania, working in um, I guess together with the, this coming Scania joint venture, developing fuel systems, and so working essentially uh, R&D development of, of new products um, that go on on yeah, Scania engines and and Scania's part of Triton, so uh, other brands as well. Um, I think uh, I'm passionate as far, as far as work. I think yeah, problem solving. I think yeah, I started background in engineering. Um, yeah, excited to to tackle new projects and and you know come across uh, new obstacles and try to figure out either products or solutions to to, to meet those needs. Um, outside of work, uh, I like to, to experience a lot of new things, but new cultures and new new food. I, I like trying new foods, both eating it, uh, but then also yeah, cooking it and doing that kind of thing too. So. Um, that's some of that brief introduction myself there. Oh, nice. Thank you. No, I uh, I definitely resonate with the, the food uh, passion. I love it too. So thank you. And Mark, we'll come over to you next. Yeah, my name is Mark. Um, I am an engineering manager and domain lead here at Epidemic Sound in Stockholm. But I'm originally from South Africa, from Cape Town. Uh, so naturally, uh, I'm passionate about the beach and everything to do with the water. I love long walks on the beach, surfing. Don't get to do it much here, though. Um, and yeah, music. So I spent a lot, large portion of my career making music, writing music, being a music producer, working for labels. Um, but at the same time, I'm also passionate about technology and yeah, the problem solving, the things you can build and seeing users use them and working with teams, teams um, building trust with, you know, developers, creating creative and entrepreneurial environments uh, and, and seeing what we can build together. That That is something that really excites me. And being able to combine them both here at Epidemic, uh, I feel really grateful to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, very happy to, to be here and to, to meet everyone. Oh, nice. No, that, that sounds perfect, doesn't it? You've hit the nail on the head with the job that you're doing with, uh, with both of your passions there. Um, and then last but not meet by no means least, Abel will come over to you for your intro. <coughs> I should have cleared my throat before I unmuted. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my name is Abel Bucco. I am originally from the U.S. as well. Um, 
since we're doing where we're from, uh, my life very roughly, not exactly correctly, uh, is the first third was in the suburbs of Chicago. The second third was in Hawaii and Taiwan. And then the most recent third has been in Sweden. So I have three very different <laughs> regions of the world, different cultures, all that kind of stuff. Um, I currently am the diversity and CSR manager for the up and coming fintech company Zimpler. Um, headquartered in Gothenburg, but also offices in Stockholm, Malta, and as of August 25th, Brazil. Um, yeah, uh, my background uh, is actually in, I mean, I say actually because most of my professional life was in advertising. I was in digital advertising, I was in advertising agencies, I was doing that whole world. Uh, but back in university, I studied uh, feminism and linguistics and philosophy and I thought I was going to go out and change the world, and instead I went out and started making Spotify uh, campaigns and Captain Morgan commercials. Um, and it's only been the last year that I completely ditched my my whole professional career that I have been building up to kind of start over uh, in this new field, working with diversity. Um, and the evidence that this was correct is that I used to have gray hair across my entire chin, and over the last 12 months, the gray hair has been slowly moving back to just one little dot <laughs> Chin over here, so I have physical evidence that I have I found my my passion, which is uh, diversity and kind of corporate responsibility, making sure that companies do the right thing. Yeah, nice. I know, um, April, you've been on a, a podcast before that we've done, and it definitely is your passion. So I can I can see why the gray hair has disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but brilliant! Thank you all for that. Um, I think given that the the topics we've got are, are quite good and quite juicy, to be honest, there's loads we're going to be able to discuss. So let's jump straight into it. Um, Mark, we'll start with your question, um, which is quite a good starting point of how diverse is your definition of diversity that's almost a tongue twister I've been practicing <laughs> and how deliberate is your prioritization of diversity topics so tell us a little bit more about that yeah well uh, it was you know generally genuinely a question because I think that's something you know over years I've also worked a lot in in nonprofit organizations, like, you know, looking at these topics from a social point of view, not just from the workplace and, and in different countries around the world. And over, over a period of time, I've noticed that the attention on like, what is diversity seems to change um, over time. And then also depending which culture you're, you're working in, the, the definition of that changes and we tend to sort of focus on one or two topics at a time and now in like with recruiting as I do in, in in the work that I do I sort of you know we 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 tend to have clear diversity goals but I'm also bringing in like a lot of you know sort of the history of of uh, what I've uh, I've experienced and worked with in the past and wondered yeah it was sort of like a, a question of, yeah, what I'm curious to hear what, what you think about yeah. uh, <laughs> th this, this topic of sort of like prioritizing topics to, to, um, to deal with when it comes to diversity, probably specifically around recruitment um, is what I'm interested in, but also, you know, a, a culture in, within our teams. Um, so yeah, it was, <laughs> 
probably not the easiest of questions to dive no, into no. Uh, yeah. right from the beginning. <laughs> but I think it's a, a good good point or a good question as well because I think yeah when, when you know a lot of people think of diversity okay yeah it's the, the yeah the the gender diversity or yeah from uh, for different uh, cultures but I think and then yeah do we put uh, yeah a KPI or something on that but I think it, it goes so much deeper than that okay yeah, then diversity yeah is from you could all be the same gender from the same place but it's uh, yeah different backgrounds different growing ups different experiences so yeah it's like there's diversity within the team there um, and recruitment's one thing but I think having the team it's like um, yeah, diversity, and then the, the, my opinion, the big thing of is like the inclusion. Okay, to, with the team that you have, and again, maybe it's different than the question you said about recruitment, but the team you have, making sure everyone, regardless of yeah, what you look like, where you come from, okay, feels like they can contribute, and we could all be yeah, in this, you know, all males or all females or all from a certain country, but have different perspectives, and making sure that everyone has yeah, feels like they can have the say for that. Um, and I, you know the recruitment part that that's a different that's a a tough one as well yeah okay well how do we define it and and if certain companies have KPIs and yeah we have certain quotas we need to get this amount of yeah a gender or this amount of a race or something but um yeah so I think that's a, a tricky one but I think yeah making sure that everyone feels like they're included regardless of where they're from they feel like they can have their opinion uh, and diverse in their perspectives I think is an important thing. What are your thoughts, Abel, for that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's there's so many things going on in my head. Um, I think. Like one of the first things I thought of is it, it's revealing and not in a negative way. It's just revealing that when you ask someone like like or you've asked someone to visualize diversity, the examples that they give right away are like really telling of like what they're thinking. So if they go straight to gender, like that's one thing. If they go straight to race, it's another thing. If they go straight to sexuality, that's another thing. And it kind of ties into this like idea of like heteronormativity of like when I say sexuality, people usually think gay. They don't think straight, but that's like the more common one is straight. Like, you know, if I say gender, people think women, like they don't think men, even though men have gender as well. Like, uh, so I think it's 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 really interesting to hear different people's uh, kind of go to metric or go to thought on that. Um, and it's it's also like uh, like I think like what everyone's been saying it's it's so different from one place to another. Um, like uh, recently at Simpler, we've been working with Lever as our sort of platform for facilitating applications, and we have this uh, demographic survey. Which another thing, Lever calls it a diversity survey, and I was like, that's not what this is. It's the demographic survey. You want to know like the the identities of the people who are applying. Um, so I've been like, I've been purposely writing demographic survey and then Lever writes back in our diversity survey. Um, anyway, so like in that, it's like um, there's different questions about your age, uh, the, the location you're applying from, uh, what pronouns uh, you use and stuff like that. Um, and there's this ethnicity question and the, the like, first of all, it was a drop down menu, uh, which is like big red flag first because not everyone is one ethnicity. Um, and then like reading through the options, it was like completely clear to me that this was written by an American and we're trying to use it in Sweden. Like they like they lump up like all of South Asia into one thing. But then there's American Indian, uh, Hawaiian Pacific Islander and native Alaskan. I was like, that's not going to work in Sweden. So it, it took me way too long <laughs> of research and poking around to figure out like, well, like what is a good global list to use for this? Um, and like long story short, uh, a lot of the team 
in our Swedish office was like kind of uncomfortable with bringing this up. They're like, that's a really sensitive question to be asking. I'm like, yeah, but we're asking what pronouns they use and what age they are and like all these things. And um, like I was having had lunch today with someone else and we were talking about this and she was like, I feel like in America, like asking someone's age as part of their application would be really, really uh, awful. And I was like, yeah, that'd be really strange. But like in Sweden, your person number is often in your application. So we know your age right away. So it's like it's like picking which which part of an identity you want to focus on and then how you want to talk about it is this whole can of worms and it's 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 becoming increasingly obvious to me that there's no like uniform approach to this and that like every specific maybe even maybe not city but like every at least country or like region or something has to have their own uh, version of like what elements of their identity feel safe to to discuss, to discuss which uh, is where my brain has been completely preoccupied lately is this idea of identity and like how you want to like slice that. Um, yeah, I can keep going. So you have yeah, someone yeah. has to like. But, but yeah, I think yeah, the button you yeah hit it, Abel, and I think yeah, Mark, you understand too. It's like that there is, I think yeah, the the big picture when people think oh diversity is like yeah the major yeah gender or race or ethnicity, but it really is broken down to too much. And and I don't think yeah, and from all the different like there's quotas on or KPIs on on all the different types of diversity. It's usually the 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 main ones and and that are normally talked about. Um, but I think yeah, it's in, important to, to, to go beyond that and think okay it's not just a, a female male ratio which is we're trying to target a certain quota and, and define it yeah you can yeah, define diversity in, in a lot of different ways and, and maybe then yeah use that if there is a quotas and say hey you know I know there's quotas in a certain company or a certain group but really then you can say hey but we're really diverse in this other way maybe we don't meet that KPI or that quota but we're if we define it this other way, which again is, is not one definition of diversity, it's diversity is everything. You could say we are quite diverse, and so you could use that as yeah, justification as well if, if there is any yeah, discussion around that. So um, yeah, it's it's quite a lot to list out. Yeah. Have you heard the uh, the ketchup thing, like the ketchup diversity story? No. no. <laughs> you you yeah, what something you said before reminded me of this. Um, I heard it on a podcast uh, on Reply. It's a podcast called Reply All. Um, so many years ago. But it really stuck with me, and it's this idea that uh, people in different regions of the U.S. and in different parts of the world keep ketchup either in the cupboard or in the refrigerator. Um, and so you might have, like, apparently, uh, um, like Sophie, where in the U.K. ketchup is usually in the cupboard, right? Yeah. So I would always put it in the cupboard, and then. I moved in with my boyfriend and he puts it in the fridge and I was yeah. like, that's weird, like strange, so strange. Same with probably like chocolate as well. I like mine in the cupboard. He would always put it in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. So that's where this thing is. It's like this idea comes from is that like you might have three people who are like on paper are identical, like they're the same height, they're the same <laughs> skin color, they went to the same school or something. But like maybe they grew up in different parts of the US or the world. Um, and so they keep their ketchup in different places. And so then I ask these people like, hey, go make me a sandwich, but it has to have ketchup. And if we don't have any ketchup, then I need you to put a different sauce on it. 
And so like, if I keep it in the cupboard, I open that up and I don't see any ketchup, but I might see like malt vinegar. And so I grab that and like, I don't know why you put that in a sandwich, but that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> I put that on the sandwich or whatever. But then like, if you keep it in the fridge and you'll find like mayonnaise and you put that instead. And so it's, it's like this idea that if you're, if your intention of working with diversity is to broaden how you solve problems or how you um, create your products so that more people can use it, um, it's not necessarily about these like uh, classic examples of, of more like equity based diversity of trying to write um, uh, the lack of uh, opportunity to do something. Um, so sometimes yeah. that's simpler. I talk about yeah. like there's ketchup diversity and there's equity diversity. Like, <laughs> like we want to do a little bit of both. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's funny, funny you mentioned the ketchup thing because we, we just a few months ago, uh, we had a team event and I, I learned that my team had very different opinions on where you store eggs. Oh, uh, it's also a bad day. That's a big one, too. Really? <laughs> very interesting, right? Uh, I learned a lot about eggs. Uh, we all <laughs> learned a lot about eggs. But it's, it's, it's sort of really interesting because I, I remember a, a while back I was working at a label um, and we needed an office manager at the label and we were out to recruit. And I remember sort of the label manager saying at the time, okay, but like, please, let's not get anyone creative. We need someone to organize us creatives. <laughs> <laughs> and so there we were looking for, we said, okay, this team needs to be more diverse. We need someone who's organized, someone who can help us organize because, <laughs> and I thought that that was, so really, really interesting, just in terms of also looking at, um, obviously, it's a skill set as well, but also personality that, you know, if you, if I have too many, too many organized, well, yeah, I mean, you don't really want a creative accountant, but if you have a lot of accountants, <laughs> some, you know, somebody also needs to um, have the innovative idea that no one else would have thought about and be the creative to think outside the box. And if you have everyone that's if you have a team of people that are all super conscientious, um, uh, following the rules, then then you might stagnate, at least as a team, but certainly companies, we see this happen all the time. Um, I mean, a friend, a friend of mine's legacy, his family business legacy was Kodak. And we we saw that very clearly, how uh, it just, Kodak stagnated. They should have invented Instagram, but they just, they they didn't have they didn't have a good mix of of teams that could create this sort of dynamic uh, having having a diverse team in in different many different ways that could have made them think of more more of a diverse strategy when looking at the future right yeah. so yeah and, and 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 to add on to that too it's not just about having the people but then it's yeah, from being a manager or yeah the, the how it's structured to say to allow the team to be creative to to think differently to everyone could could have their own perspectives but then if yeah if we're telling people where and for example where to put the ketchup so no this ketchup must go here or yeah or or okay we must think this way and this is the way to do it then you don't foster that that creative discussion and yeah and, and leverage the diversity within a team different perspectives so it's uh about the recruiting yeah, the people with different perspective, different skill sets, different yeah, different backgrounds. But then, okay, fostering the the environment, where, okay, then that can nourish. And and again, it then it doesn't have to be people have different genders or yeah, or or race or sexuality or ethnicity. Is it could be all on paper all the same, but then yeah, fostering okay, then make sure that they feel safe and, and open to say share the ideas and, and come up with something new. Um, mm -hmm.
and and yeah leverage the different experiences you have so it's a uh, it's yeah two, two different things yeah it's like getting people in there and then also make sure the right environment yeah, yeah and anthony do you do you have any good like examples of how to, how to foster that let's say for example yeah. if you uh, if you have a team and, and and maybe the culture hasn't been that and you would like to foster that. Um, do you have any yeah, good- it, it's. I mean, it's so. Luckily, when when I became manager of the team, we, we were kind of already there. You know, quite open and quite, you know, from different backgrounds as well. So it, it wasn't like I had to go and and change. Um, yeah, do a ninety degree turn or anything. But I think I, I tried to be really open and, and yeah, from, from starting for myself. Okay, I had like a, you know, be open about where things are. These some things are obviously confidential. You can't yeah share. But I think just trying to be open for myself and and try to. We don't. Not everyone's, yeah, buddy, buddy, and go out and yeah, drinking or go spending all their social life together. But I think uh, we're to a certain point where it's a people feel comfortable, like they have good relationship. Try to 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 encourage collaboration, um, to try to spark ideas for team meeting. There's you know, there's team building activities. There's um, yeah, for different team meetings, especially when we get new people to join. Okay, talk a little bit about where you're from and and yeah, do different tasks with like uh, this coat of arms. Okay, what's yeah uh, about. Something about your background, something about your passion, about your something that's your yeah, your interest or in the kind of thing, and it kind of scratches the surface and breaks down some of the initial barriers. When say people become a little bit more vulnerable by sharing some details, and then okay, it's again don't have to be best friends or anything, but okay, enough where it's feel comfortable and um, yeah, willing to to share. And so we start with that, and then it grows. Okay, I feel a little bit more connection, and then okay, then sharing ideas and and again the environment where it's. All ideas are good. Okay, yeah, some some will carry on and some will some some die out. But I think not discouraging um, that creativity. And so it's not yeah not easy. And, and again, I, I went and I was in a situation where it's kind of already there and, and try to continue to foster it. But um, yeah, I think there's uh, trying to, to to be open and try to to encourage the collaboration and sharing of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think the sort of also recognizing uh, what people bring. Uh, because like n- not everyone contributes also in the same way. And like r- right now in the team, we're 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 heading to our sort of like this mid-year performance uh, and development conversations and reviews. And uh, there we're also trying to like encourage of like, you know, what do we pick up? You know, are we only going to mention like sort of performance in a very traditional sense of like, you know, how productive you are or, or um, you know, we have we have team members that that maybe are not like amazing engineers, but what they do for the team culture is like mm-hmm. indispensable. You know, there's uh, I mean, you know, we have certain people that will always know when it's somebody's birthday and will have prepared for it and will have flagged for doing something special and the impact that the impact that has on the team. I mean, it's it's uh, it's actually tangible, and mm. uh, in, in terms of uh, yeah. So we're also trying to like be diverse in in what we recognize and what we uh, yeah bring up in in the even formal reviews. You know, to try to encourage that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because a lot of it yeah, specifically performance reviews. Yeah, you focus on performance. Who's the the higher performers? And yeah, then in a typical corporate environments, okay, that those get promoted. But yeah, there's people who. Yeah, I said bring other aspects to it, um, which are still valuable to the team. So that's a, a good point to keep in mind, and as far as how you evaluate people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... I think that's quite interesting. I I resonate with that, Mark. In terms of it shouldn't always be looking at kind of the hard 
data or what you produce because so many different people from different backgrounds, different genders can add in so many different ways. It's very interesting. What have you found at, at Zimpler Able? Because I know um, it's quite a diverse team over there. Yeah. Um, so like our company was, uh, we've been around for 10 years, um, but we were like between 10 and 30 people total up until about a year and a half ago. <laughs> and so when I joined, I think I was employee number 48. And uh, as of like last week, we're like 215 or something like that. Wow. Um, so the the board and the senior leadership decided that um, as we scale up like that, like the, the culture needs to be a place where all these people who are suddenly brought in are gonna feel comfortable being themselves and, um, all of those things. It's not just about like um, like using diversity as a productivity tool, but uh, just ensuring like psychological safety of all these different people who are in the same group together. Um, so it was a very like strategic decision to to bring my role. Um, and I always say that I say bring my role, not bring me, bring my role into the into the company. Then, um, and so one of the things that. Um, I'm really uh, excited about and I talk about way too often is this idea of emotional diversity. Um, so I think that like in the workplace, you know, there's a lot of this like toxic positivity and on the podcast, you can't see, but I did quotes with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's this idea that like when you're at work, like you're, you can't really be your full self. Like you can't talk about being sad or being scared um or all those things that are not about like success driven sort of ideas um so one of the things that we did to or is like kind of like two big things i think we've done in this one is that in our code of conduct we explicitly state that emotions are valid knowledge um, and we give examples that um, disregarding certain emotions are not talking about certain emotions will do a lot more harm than good like you're not saving anyone's feelings by not talking about these things. Or another example we have in our code of conduct is if there's some sort of um, really heated thing, like let's say, let's say like there was this bug and it caused us to lose a bunch of money or something. And now there's this meeting to figure out like, how did this happen? At the start of that meeting, everyone needs to go around the table and say what their emotional state is and like how they're feeling going into this meeting. Uh, so we've normalized talking about our emotions in that way. And another thing we did, uh, which I will admit had very mixed reactions. Uh, some people thought it was the most amazing thing in the world and other people came up to me and they're like, please never do that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we did uh, a thing called failure cocktails. And so um, everyone, it was like, this was uh, about, it was last December. So we were like 115 people all gathered in one room. Um, and then we were randomly broken up into groups of like five, I think. Um, and then there were cocktails. And so everyone grabbed a cocktail, <laughs> took it, went off into their group of five. And then for 45 minutes, all they could do was talk about times in their life when they failed. Um, mm -hmm. And we didn't give any instructions about the context of that. So some people talked about like failing their community, failing their family, failing themselves. Some people talked about like really funny stories of like, there was a story about how there was an accountant accidentally expensed um, 
a, a senior executive uh, tipping a stripper. And so like that was actually <laughs> like, that was paid for by the company. So like some of the story, like there were people, there were people like, like red in the face because they were laughing so hard and there were people red in the face because they were crying so hard. Um, and it was just so wonderful to like look in this gigantic room we were in and to see all these different emotional states of different people talking about different types of failure. Um, and, it, and it really, uh, we got a lot of feedback. I mean, it did, the, the vast majority of the feedback was that the message was loud and clear that like here we, we don't, um, we don't turn down any sort of experience and we want to, everyone to talk about these experience. Though some people thought that like we could do that without focusing on failure, like we didn't have to go to such a dark place so quickly. Um, but this idea of emotional diversity is not mine. I took it from a guy named uh, Tim Lieberecht. Uh, he's from the House of Beautiful Business and it's kind of like his baby that he's driving right now. So you should look him up later. Mm -hmm. Nice. It's interesting. I've I've never actually heard of emotional diversity, but the things that you mentioned there, hundred percent, make sense. Um, yeah, really good. I think that was a a really good opener to to the conversation. Um, some really key points there that I've taken away. I was like kind of typing notes as you you guys were talking. Um, but let's move on to the next topic. So we've got Anthony. Yours is what are the important factors to consider for recruiting ad recruiting a diverse team without being biased i thought this was really interesting so definitely give us more of a, a background on that yeah absolutely yeah so i think yeah it, it, similar yeah we're connected obviously to the, the, the first question we talked about about yeah maybe how do you define diversity and uh, definition of diversity but but i think it was yeah to the focusing on the recruitment we talked about when people on a team and trying to create an inclusive environment and but then yeah the step before that and that's the one thing for recruitment you know you know you don't want to have bias both either for or against or you know being unconscious about certain things so it's more of a question of, yeah and maybe it starts for not just about yourself but maybe about like how the the ad is written or how you go out and recruit in general um to make sure that you get a, a diverse people you know a group of people that want to apply to it and then yeah then when you're evaluating yeah what to think about what not to think about what to yeah how to process those and, and where yeah, the best candidate comes forward. So, um, yeah, I had certain experience. I, I've been quite lucky, and 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 with the recruits we brought on too. But I think I yeah, always, you know, looking to to improve or to take tips from from you guys and your experiences as well, and to hear what, um, yeah, if any insights you guys have there. Mm. I um, I mean, I I think like one of the it's a question we ask ourselves quite a lot. Um, at Epidemic, we we're, we're lucky enough to have like a really good team, like a wide team of people who are looking at like how how job ads are written uh, and how they're posted, what they look like online, where where we're uh, sourcing from, you know, is that pool getting more diverse? And we do quite a lot of retrospectives to to um, to check, you know, how we're doing and what can we do differently. Um, how to recruit without biases? I think that's super hard. I think it's um, you know, cause we have the we have the biases, and you have them in the, in the interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the question is whether, yeah, you know, whether you're aware of them. Um, I think um, you know we do quite a bit of training as well uh, internally, and and you know even for. For engineers that join interviews that may not even join interviews that regularly, we still take time 
to to train and to inform and and to talk about these things uh to talk about biases you know what kinds of biases there are and how that could affect um i think it's almost it's almost easier to coin a bad phrase you know when we talk about culture fit i have I, I generally i don't use that phrase because <laughs> sometimes i'm looking for someone who does not feel, fit the culture <laughs> but i need to you know spice you know to change change things up but it, it's it's almost easier to 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 strongly know when yeah when you're using a bias like in a good way i mean you know when, when you can point out okay this person is not going to fit and you're you're using a bias because you don't know the person you're picking up cues of what how okay yeah i don't think this is going to be the right person for the team there i'm relying on biases to make that judgment but i think it's easier it's easier to make judgments where you know okay this is this is not going to work out for some reason than to be sure that it will um you know to say oh th this person really seems like it's going to be a great fit I'm using a bias there. How can I be so sure? I don't. So <laughs> I think it's I think it's, I think it's a very tricky question. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that I think what we do at the moment uh, in, in the company as a whole, but you know, certainly as an as an individual spe speaking for myself, is just to be just to be aware of it, to yeah. be aware of where, where it uh, yeah, could be dangerous or not. Yeah, it's definitely a good point. And yeah, there's not the easy or right answer. I think it's uh, biases, uh, yeah, for different reasons are in in everyone and, and evaluating. I think there's there's different tools and even companies that to help with the recruitment process, right? To say, okay, at least yeah. initial screening to remove bias, but then it still comes down to yeah, the interview process and that. And um, yeah, I think, it, yeah, being aware at least in say, okay, I'm making this decision because of this or something and, and being conscious of that uh, goes a long way. If, you, if you're making a decision and yeah, unconsciously or, you know, eliminating or, or going with someone, that's that's yeah, a tough situation to justify. But I think yeah, at least being aware, hey, I, you know, this person has, uh, yeah, a certain background that or with, fits with the team or, hey, this, this personality fits and, and okay, I know this, this could be a good thing or yeah, this is going to change up in your, in your example of, yeah, I need someone's organized versus someone not organized. It's like a conscious decision or yeah, to going towards it. So I think yeah, it's more being aware of it and yeah, it's tough to remove all biases. You're always going to have opinions or, um, yeah, our thoughts on it, but I think yeah, being aware, it goes a long way. Yeah. yeah you know, we, 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 uh, like one thing I wanted to say was that we have multiple interviews and we mm -hmm. have different people in each of those interviews uh, and we pair up. So the first, like we, uh, we have a first conversation and then it's usually engineering managers will have the first sort of interview mm. and it will be two of us. And then after that, it's, a, it's another two or three developers meeting them. And then in the end you meet the whole team. Yeah. So I think one of the ways is actually to use diverse opinions or thoughts to counteract that. Cause you know, I may think something, but, but my colleague may not have. Yeah that at all I mean, we keep ourselves in check yeah. I, don't, I don't know how safe that sure that is but it's some sort of mechanism that i think helps yeah yeah it's good yeah it's a good good point yeah you had some thoughts too abel see so, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the first thing i was gonna say is uh that culture fit phrase i have i have the same sort of like allergic reaction to it <laughs> um uh but a few months ago um the benefits and compensation uh um, uh, manager Ed Simpler, she just kind of like out of nowhere was like, I think they're a really good culture ad. And I was like, mm. what? 
And she's like, she's like, did I just teach you something? And I was like, yeah, that's an amazing way of saying it. Uh, so now I always say culture ab instead of culture fit, because it, it's less about trying to, you know, wiggle something in and more about like layering something on. It makes it makes it more open, I think. Um, but to the question about um, hiring, I mean, I think everything that has been said so far is like super strong, like being aware of the phrasing of the job ads, where they're placed, those kinds of things. Um, we have a similar process of um, interviews, I think always have at least two people in them so that you have two different uh, perspectives on answers. Um, we have a bank of questions so that um, there is some sort of like colored thread that connects the interviews because like maybe if you don't have a, a common set of questions, like one interview is like over here about this and the other one's way over there about that. And then like, how can you compare those two things? Um, and then the, the, like the, the little like hot tip I have <laughs> around this is something I learned back in university. Um, uh, and it's, it's like, God, it was 16 years ago. <laughs> uh, it, but it's something that stuck with me all that time and I, and I still I regularly still do this when I when I meet somebody new um, and it's not just like in a work context like whenever I meet somebody um, I try to have a little bit of like a conversation with myself like after I like you know like we meet and then I'm like going home or whatever it is after I leave the, the situation I try to have like a little bit of a conversation with myself and I ask myself like why did I like that person or why did I not like that person or why was that person just like neutral to me um, and I try to make like a bullet list of like that person I like them because you know they reminded me of this person it's like well that's not a really good reason to like somebody like they reminded you of somebody else like you actually don't know anything about them yet or the opposite, like I don't like them because like they have the same name as my ex. Like it's like that's also <laughs> not a valid reason to not like somebody. Uh, so it kind of helps uh, put your decisions kind of like in check and on paper. I mean, it's like a mental checklist. But still, like it helps you list out so that if you needed to defend why you liked or didn't like someone, you have this sort of already thought through and. Uh, it's defendable. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it's about yeah, being self-aware. But yeah, as opposed to subconsciously, I don't, you know, I didn't. This person didn't fit well. Okay, then why it didn't? It's being okay. Like I said it's a yeah, X or because mm. of something else remind you something. So I think yeah, being self-aware and you still might not end up going with that person or mm. or you might decide to. But I think understanding okay, yeah, a little bit deeper. Okay, what why am I making this decision? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think there's some good points there. And I think um, I had a conversation on one of the podcasts probably a couple of months ago now, similar kind of topic. And it was um, more about interviewing. And this woman told a story about when her and a, uh, like a, another manager from another team interviewed. She had a really good experience from this candidate, this person who was interviewing the other manager, very, very drastically negative, like drastically opposite in a negative way, viewed her. Um, and the, the interviewee was a little bit late. She'd had like an issue beforehand. But the other manager had had a terrible day, like really negative day, loads of stuff going wrong. Then obviously the first impression of this interviewee was, oh, well, she turned up late. And it was very, very different depending on the kind of headspace that the interviewers were in. And when they kind of regrouped, they were both like, 
how have we both interpreted this person so differently? Total polar opposites when usually they're on the same pages in the interviews or they have slight differences, but not as as far. Um, and it was quite interesting, but it definitely highlights not to have just one person, one interview. So then you can really eliminate any bias that either is from your personal opinion, from the day you're having, anything like that. Um, so yeah, I think that was that's an interesting topic, to be honest, really, really difficult as well like you said Mark but yeah I think we've got just short of 10 minutes left so let's definitely squeeze another topic in um and this one's quite interesting so what themes or topics would you want to focus more on than your current diversity policies cover today now I think this is quite interesting because I I get the um understanding that all three or well, all four of us here quite similar in terms of opinions on these things um everybody wants to improve the way they look at diversity and wants to improve that so yeah what would you focus more on than what you currently don't today um i suppose abel if you've got anything off the top of your head take it away um i think like mental um mental conditions like neurodiversity um like we don't talk enough about autism and adhd and these sorts of things and like i saw this TikTok today and i have, i have not fact checked it so like no one <laughs> this is facts from TikTok. Uh, but there's this person on TikTok claimed that um uh, neurodivergent uh, people with like um, those sorts of uh, um, conditions, the, they tend to increase in numbers as a society is on the verge of collapse, which is like really intense. And I have no idea how this person would know that. Uh, but they talked about how like it seems like a natural phenomena to help like save the collapse of society because you have people who think about things in wildly different ways. Um, and I think that a lot of the history of um, different mental conditions has been looked as looked at as a disability and not like an ability, like a superpower in a way. Um, and I am really curious to see like how to structure the company so that we can support people like that, so that they feel more comfortable, like. Um, like one of the things we're doing, we're redesigning our office right now, and we've been using these um, autism guides for like what sorts of like color patterns and textures and what sort of things are like stress inducing and not. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's where my mind is, and I, I, I I've, I've stumbled a lot while talking about it because I don't know the the right way to talk about it yet, but that's. I think that's a sign that that's the thing that yeah. I want to talk about next because I haven't quite yeah. gone there yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. As far as me, I mean, so yeah, I work at Scania and, and yeah, Scania is such a large company and there's, yeah, there's specific people working with the yeah diversity inclusion. So I won't necessarily speak for all of Scania, obviously, or anything just for my, my team and everything. But uh, I think yeah, in maybe what you mentioned, like the culture ad, I think that would be something interesting okay yeah, what can this person bring to the team and and gay yeah, for experience wise but just from culture ad i think that would be um something to consider it's like hey this is a yeah, we have quite diverse team the way we are now okay what what's yeah what, as opposed to saying like i said who can fit in between in yeah those those gaps or where the needs are but okay think of it okay culture ad and and um then yeah we, yeah as far as like that uh, not to find fine diversity but okay yeah just identify okay we are quite diverse and and, and kind of listing that out um 
So as opposed to say, okay, we have, don't have to have, to have a quota for this or that, but uh, we are quite diverse and listed out. So but I think the culture ad is a, a good good way to think about it moving forward. Um, yeah, or yeah, is just another uh, viewpoint from it. Yeah, I, um, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, Abel, what you mentioned there as well. Um, I, I think especially, you know, like that the mental health actually affects like all of us in, in some way. Um, so I think that that's like super important and, and not just around, you know, some mental health week, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but but generally I, I, I think that um, having more more discussions about, you know, what what I think all employees might feel is diversity, you know, like, you know, having, I think for me, the diversity I'm craving at the moment would be, and I, it's, it's also a very difficult one uh, to, to work with, but is, is really diversity of thought, you know, um, like who really thinks very differently to, to, as I and my team members think, let's seek out that person when we have this problem that we seem so certain on, you know, I'd like to I'd like to explore people who are less certain about certain topics than what I and my team might be. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, it sounds vague, but it, but it, <laughs> you know, when you have a culture, it's easy to just you know go along with it. And uh, there are times like you know when I do non-profit work on the side. It's like I always, I'm, I'm meeting people that have such a different culture to what I have at work. And I, I get so much from that, you know. It's like someone will say something and it will stop me in my tracks and be like, oh, you know, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. You know? I worked at an ad agency once um, uh, back in New York and their hiring strategy was to specifically look for people who have never worked in advertising or studied advertising. Right. Um, and wow. I had never, I mean, I studied philosophy <laughs> and like <laughs> gender studies and suddenly I'm a producer at a New York ad agency. Um, and they're one of the most awarded ad agencies in the world still today. And that's their hiring yeah. strategy. Wow. I mean, they have yeah. some people who know what they're doing, but they like yeah. to get a lot of people <laughs> who just have it completely clueless. So yeah. it's kind of that yeah. same idea, I think. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because that is like an intentional bias towards that. But I think, again, being, okay, why are we doing this? And yeah, and being aware of that, but yeah. Um, so everything's a, a bias, but it's a yeah. yeah it's a, to, to reach out to yeah to, say, to not to not have the same. And it, maybe it's it sometimes it feels tough to maybe sort of like an engineering role. It's like you need a certain set of skills, or yeah, you want to have product knowledge of something. Mm. And so yeah, in in recruiting in that way. And but I think yeah, then and it's tough because yeah, especially if some someone leaves and yeah, and maybe more senior one or high, or high performers, so you have a big gap or a big need and need to fill mm-hmm. it. But I think um, it's it, it's it. It does become difficult in that regard, but I think yeah, thinking of someone who thinks outside the box or challenges the status quo, um, yeah, it, yeah, is obviously it always helps. But yeah, it gets when you have certain needs and yeah, for engineering or like a product knowledge, then it it becomes uh, becomes tricky. But I think it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, kind of it from um, probably your, your your own perspective, Anthony. Having a team, it's kind of the balance between: mm-hmm. do I want someone who can tick all the boxes and get the job done, or do I want someone who doesn't tick all the boxes but can yeah. kind of maybe add something a little bit different? And I imagine as a manager, that's the the most difficult kind of. Uh, challenge because uh, it's obviously you, you're working for a company who you want to find somebody who can do the job but then you want someone who can also elevate the team 
Um, but no, really, really good ideas and advice and, and topics there. I think everything from out this whole conversation, to be honest, has been really, really, really insightful. Um, and also we covered quite a lot in terms of diversity as a definition, kind of innovative people versus rule breakers, who you need. The the stuff with toxic positivity was really interesting as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Has anybody got any last things to mention or any any comments before we, we finalise this? No? Nope. Oh, perfect. Well, <laughs> definitely want to say thank you to, obviously, all three of you, Abel, Anthony, Mark. Um, really good conversation. And I hope to all the listeners who are listening, they enjoy it just as much as I have listening to you as well. So thank you.